Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Welcome to Save the Cowboy. Um, I, I told Kim and, and Terry back there in the back, I said, I said, isn't it crazy that you never know who's going to be at, uh, at Save the Cowboy? And, and I think that uh, God brings people in here that he's using in big ways, and, and he wants to use you in big ways also. Save the Cowboy is a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. I mean, you know, we're here now. Now, we are growing, and, and we are going and everything, but we're not here to pat ourselves on the back. We're here to worship God and... and uh, this is kind of our verse. Ezekiel 34, 16 says, I will look for those that are lost, bring back those that have strayed away, bandage those that are injured, and strengthen those that are sick. Man, I don't know of a better way. This is God. This is God. He looks for those that are lost, brings back those that are strayed away, bandages those that are injured, and strengthens those that are sick. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I've got a couple of questions for you. I've posed this question many times to different people whenever I talk about them. What is a cowboy? Is a cowboy somebody that, that, that you have to wear a cowboy hat? No. What about, do you, do you have to own a pickup or, or, or drive a truck? No. What, what, what about ride a horse? Do you have to ride a horse to be a cowboy? I was talking to Brent about this on the way home from roping yesterday. He's like, no. Well, what about be able to rope? Do you have to be able to rope to be a cowboy? No. Do you have to be from Texas? Now, that's a really good indication. Okay? You're real close. You're real close. The next best thing might be from Wyoming. And No, not really. <laughs> Do you have to work on a ranch? Do you have to be a working ranch cowboy to, to be called a cowboy? No. Do you have to be able to start a colt? No. And if you said no to those... I would, I would agree with you. No. What is a Christian? Do you, do you have to read the whole Bible from, from you know, Genesis to, to Revelations in one year, do the Bible reading plan? Is that what it takes to be a Christian? No. Do you have to go to church every Sunday? No. That, that's not the definition. That's not, that's not how somebody becomes a Christian. That's not the, over, the overriding quality. Do you have to be able to pray for two hours every day? Because if you're like me, I'm like... God, and I, and I go good for about 22 seconds. But I figured God said, don't run on and on and on, so I just get straight to the point. You have to speak Christianese. You know what I mean by Christianese? Have you ever seen these super uber religious people? They get these words, they don't even know what they mean. Or when they talk about God, they start speaking a foreign language, and you know they use a bunch of heavenly fathers, and, and they just kind of break into another language. You don't have to do that to be a Christian. Do you have to change everything you do? Well, if God made us who we are, why do we want to change who we are. God doesn't want to change who we are. He wants to change why we are. So this isn't the mark of being a Christian. What about quit and then you fill in the blank? Because a lot of churches, you know, oh, you got to quit doing this. The absence of sin doesn't make you a Christian. The maroon pants is real close. It is real close. Let me write maroon pants in right here. Do you have to become a preacher to be a Christian? No. No. 
So, so we can answer no to every one of these things about being a cowboy, about being a Christian. But I have one more question for you. Then how will people know who you are? How will people know who you are? If you don't have to ride, you don't have to rope, you don't have to own cattle, you don't have to do any of this stuff, how is somebody going to know? More importantly, how are you going to know who you are? Today, we start a five-week series called Unmistakable. Unmistakable. To give you a little bit of background about what we're going to be talking about, um, Paul writes uh, a letter called 1 Corinthians. Okay, and it's a letter. I mean, that's where the love chapter comes from. I mean, it, it is a it is a clinic. An entire book of the Bible is a clinic on how to be a Christian and what we should do and the things that we should stay away from. Not because God is making some rule that He wants to see if you can obey, because it hurts our relationship with Him. It's a great, great book. And then Paul writes Second Corinthians, and in the first. One and a half chapters of 2 Corinthians, Paul is defending himself because he, he told them the truth. He told them the truth. He told them the truth. And then after they got the letter and they read it, some people didn't like the truth. So they started talking smack about Paul. They said, well, you know, old Paul, you know, he wasn't one of the original 12 apostles or disciples that was with Jesus. So who is this dude to tell us, what we're supposed to do. Besides, let's go back to the law of Moses that we're good at because the law of Moses, we can have a checklist of what we're doing and we can pat ourselves on the back. We like that better. So, you know, screw you, Paul. I mean, that's basically what they were saying. So Paul is writing 2 Corinthians and he is telling people, hey, this is my qualifications. And he starts going in to a lot of them. He starts going into a lot of them. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, about halfway down, Paul gives five qualities that Christians have that are unmistakable. They are, you, 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 you can't really fake them. I mean, somebody might be able to do it for, you know, a short time, but I can give somebody that's never roped anything and give you a rope and give you a, a, a dummy to throw at, and eventually you'll catch but not consistently. So these things cannot be imitated. They cannot be duplicated. But they cannot be mistaken either. I haven't seen him. Dean Link, are you here? <sighs> I'm glad because Dean's in the story. And it's always easier to tell the story because now I can say whatever I want to. <laughs> Robert wasn't here last week, so, you know, he showed up because he got tired of hearing what was, what did you talk about, preacher? So uh, the, the, we're going to talk about the first unmistakable mark of an authentic ride with Christ, of what Paul said. And um, the other day, I, I ran out of propane, and, and so I called Dean up at Glazer Gas, and I was like, hey, man, can you come get me some propane? He's like, sure, I'll be there in 45 minutes. So he gets out there, and of course, you know, truck's running, and it's filling everything up, and, and we're sitting there talking, and, you know, the, when you're with Dean, man, the Lord gets always brought up, and, and it's great to talk to somebody, another believer, and, and it's just fun to hang out with them. And so the propane filled up, and he's unhooking everything, and he's like, Hey, do you need me to come light any pilots for you? He might as well said I was wearing maroon pants. <laughs> Excuse me? You need to come light a pilot for me? 
Dude, I can do anything. It's, I can light my own pilots. Thank you very much. So he's like, okay, okay. I mean, because a, a cowboy is always optimistic, even when he shouldn't be. So Dean leaves, and I go in, and, you know, I get my big lighter out, and I go down to the boiler, and I light the pilot light first try. Now, I can't say that I've always been able to do it on the first try, but this time I did. But we'd been out without, without propane for about 12 hours now, and I knew that that boiler wasn't hot, and nothing was kicking on. And I figured out the reason it wasn't kicking on is because there's a light switch that turns the boiler on and off. So I grabbed my big lighter right there in front of the boiler, and I flipped the switch on. I have successfully trimmed every hair on my face because I got singed. I went like this and my beard just fell off. It took me four years to grow this. And I lost it in a second, like less than a second. But by gosh, I was optimistic and I got that pilot light lit. And if you need me, if you need a real man to come light your pilot, I'll come do it. I need a bomb suit though. Unmistakable, the very first quality, I've already told you what it is. Unmistakable optimism. That is the first thing that Paul says. And I love this verse because he's defending himself. He's defending who God called him to be. He's saying, you know what? It don't matter what you think. And he goes through all a chapter and a half. And then Paul says, but thanks be to God. Because see, the, hey, the thing about the second. very first unmistakable the of an unmistakable with Christ While we're down here, is an I want to see if you can help us out. We really do need a hand in this ministry, and the fact that you're listening right now means that you're riding with us. All you have to do is text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977, and you can help us out in less time than it would take to pull your rope down. Again, text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. Thanks for the hand, pards. We know who we are. Just like Chris, I was sitting there, man, just mesmerized by what Chris was talking about because it just amazes me that we know that the Holy Spirit is here because I didn't, I didn't know Chris until this morning and he sat there and talked about it. I told him before I came up here, I said, you're going to be amazed at this because I'm going to be saying the same thing you did. Unmistakable optimism. The very first thing is thankfulness. That is the mark of unmistakable optimism. Now these things right here, when you become a believer in Christ, you are given these gifts. They are yours. Now whether you unwrap them or not, you can't like make your own. It has to be given as a gift from God. But thankfulness, an unmistakable cowboy doesn't let his emotions dictate his thankfulness. His thankfulness dictates his emotions. See, a lot of people, it's hard for them to be thankful because they don't, they don't really follow a God, they follow their emotions. Whether their day is good or not depends on whether they're in a good mood or not. I mean, they are like a leaf, you know, tossed on the waves or me on a colt or, 
You know, I mean, just goes wherever the day, I mean, absolutely everything is dictated by emotions. You know, they're the ones that walk in and they're like either uber, you know, they might be a little bipolar, you know, they walk in and they're all happy and they're like, turn that frown upside down. And if they're in a good mood, everybody should be in a good mood. But boy, if they're in a bad mood, everybody like hides under their desk or goes to the far side of the pens or whatever the case may be. But see, if you're going to be an unmistakable cowboy, if you're going to be, if you're going to have a ride that is unmistakable, Paul says that unmistakable optimism is one of the first things that a Christian has. When we ask the question, how will they know? If we're a cowboy, how will they know if we're a Christian? That right there, unmistakable optimism and being thankful. An unmistakable cowboy doesn't let his emotions dictate his thankfulness. His thankfulness dictates his emotions. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says this. He says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, that, that, that kind of, there's a very important phrasing right there. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not when you're in a good mood, not when you're in a bad mood. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Why does he say it like that? Because two things. Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world. So whenever we are thankful, God, for this is the will of God. The will of God is for you to be happy and to be thankful in all circumstances, not based upon what you do, but based upon what His Son did. Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. This is why it's so important. This is why it's so important for you to know Jesus Christ, because it is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you to be able to give thanks in all circumstances. He also said, not only did He say, I have overcome the world, He also said, it is finished. He has accomplished everything that makes us right with God. He has accomplished everything. It, our relationship with God isn't based on what we can accomplish, but us relying on what Jesus accomplished. So when you read that with those two things in mind, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. The second unmistakable optimism mark is this. Contentment. An unmistakable cowboy is happy with what is, not unhappy about what isn't. Contentment. Every, you know, the, the, the big famous, if you want an illustration in cowboy terms, what is it? The grass is always greener on the other side, right? That's how the world tells us. You don't have enough. God wants us to be happy and be thankful and be content with what we do have. Now this verse right here, I know it's a little small for y'all in the back. Not that I am speaking of being in need. This is Paul talking. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He says it don't matter what I'm going through. Paul was up here. Paul was down here. He was imprisoned. You lashed, stoned. Paul was there. And he said, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret 
of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I'm fixing to blow your minds. Every single bit of that is telling you that it unmistakable mark of Christianity is to be content with whatever you have, whether it's this much or this much. And he says, I have learned the secret of being content because what is fixing to follow the next sentence is one of the top three Bible verses that nearly every Christian knows, and you've never heard it in context. Anybody know what it is? Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, we use that verse as, oh, I can get more, and I can do more because I'm not content where I am. And that's exactly opposite. God is telling us right now that you can be content with what you have, even if you have this much. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Boy, doesn't that just open up your eyes to what is really important? It's not important to have more stuff. It's important to know that whatever you have right now, and, I, and I'm going to give you a little bit, of, a, a, a little hint right now. Did you know that I believe that contentment is the key that opens the door to more stuff? Because every single time I've said, you know what, God, I don't need anything else. I don't need to do anything else. I have everything that I need. You have supplied, blah, blah, blah. When you become content, don't be surprised if God goes, okay, that's what I was waiting on. Get out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, because the Bible says those who can be trusted with a little, more will be given unto them. I mean, I, I would think that Chris, being an NFL player, there's not a man in here probably that didn't wish that they were in his shoes, but he's doing more good now than he ever did in the NFL. Now, that was training ground for what he's doing now. Unmistakable optimism, thankfulness. Contentment. And the third mark of unmistakable optimism is this. Don't quit. Don't quit. And it, isn't this just being exactly what Chris already said? He already preached this entire sermon. He said thankful. He said contentment. He said don't quit. An unmistakable God didn't quit calling us. So unmistakable cowboys don't quit God's call. God has called all of us to do something to bring Him glory and spread His message and love other people. Folks, it's not about you. It's about loving and caring for other people. That is how we show the love of God. That's how they will know that we ride for Him, is how we treat other people. Don't quit. An unmistakable God didn't quit calling us, so unmistakable cowboys don't quit God's call. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Don't quit. And that right there is one of the things that Christians get wrong the most. They think that when they come to know God, that everything's going to be rosy. And when it's not, it's like, oh my gosh, and they just quit. You might have should have stayed home today too. 
Sorry, he knows who I'm talking about. I was riding with the cowboy the other day, and we were, we, we were working cattle, and it was just me and him. We're riding along, and we're talking about cow dogs. And we're talking about another guy that was talking to him about cow dogs. And the guy said, how come my dog's not as good as your dog's? And my friend said, because I didn't quit my dog's. My dogs don't quit me because I didn't quit them. He said they had to make a thousand mistakes and learn a thousand hard lessons to become this good. And I could have given up on them at any point, but I don't quit my dogs, so my dogs don't quit me. God didn't quit us. So you want to talk about unmistakable? You want to have an unmistakable ride with Jesus Christ? Don't quit him. Even when it gets hard. Even when the world just says, why don't you, they, when the world keeps asking the same question over and over and over, we give the same answer. We're going to be thankful. We're going to be content. And we ain't going to quit. There ain't no quitting, cowboys. God didn't quit on us. We ain't going to quit on him. Then how will people know who you are? If you don't have to do all of those things that we talked about, if you don't have to do any of those things, then how will people know? How will you know who you are? Five unmistakable gifts. An unmistakable cowboy is thankful, content, and never quit. It is the mark of unmistakable optimism that they will know we ride for him. You will know that you ride for him. I had the chance at a rough stock event in Fort Stockton, Texas. I worked for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice as a prison guard, and I worked horseback like you see on TVs. We took those inmates out and, and made them work in the fields and, and everything. And so we were having this rough stock event in Fort Stockton, and there was a wild mare race. Now, if you don't know what a wild mare race is, go, go Google it. It's, it's pretty fun. You take a horse that's never been ridden, and you got about 30 seconds to saddle it, get on it, and ride it. And you want to talk about Get Western? It gets Western real, real quick. Well, we filled up the wild mare race with all the other field officers that worked horseback with me every single day. So, I mean, not only did I want to win because we were entered up, I wanted to whoop everybody that, that, was, you know, that I worked with every single day. There was bragging rights to be had that was beyond any belt buckle that anybody ever got. Now, I picked my own team. I was the only field force officer on my team because I got the two best cowboys I know, and that's my dad and my little brother. And when they turned that wild mare out, boy, she came out there, and she fell down. She's fighting, and my dad's got anchored up, and he's got the lead rope, and he's trying to hold her, and my brother jumps on her head like a spider monkey. Ah! Grabs a hold. I'll never forget. She lifted him as I was reared straight up and used him like a speed bag. <laughs> he never let go. He didn't have no quit in him whatsoever. I'm like, no, I got to ride that thing. And so anyway, they got Jason kind of got it ear down a little bit. And I come up there and I threw that saddle on that mare. Cinched it up tight. She's still standing there. I jumped on, got both my feet in the stirrups, and I said, okay, boys, give me the reins. They, well, reins, it was just a lead rope. Give me the lead rope. And they handed it, and I said, y'all get out of the way. And nothing happened. <laughs> Ask any cowboy here, that is scarier than anything else. It is scary, because, you know, I was like, pull down the boys, you know, pull down the blind boy, she's about to unwind. But she didn't, she just sat there. So I... And she goes, oh. 
Now I'm peeing just a little. I didn't wet myself, but just a little. So I thought, bragging rights are on the line. I come out to about here with those forks. Whack! In just a few seconds, there was a collective gasp from the audience. <gasps> and then thunderous applause at what happened. Come back next week and I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> Let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you so much for the, for the awesome stuff that you're to be a part of what you are doing, not just in this church, but in the world today, of the examples that you're given of you know, Ty and, and Billy and Chris and, and the, the way that you're using everybody and you have a spot for every cowboy and cowgirl. And it don't matter if they ride a horse, it don't matter what they are, you have a place for them in this gathering also. God, give us the guts to be thankful in every situation, to be content. Give us the courage to don't quit. Give us the courage to turn over our lives to Jesus Christ. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.